0: So what is the most important age to hook a kid on STEM education? On today's episode, we hear about how a chance conversation with Steve Spangler led the National STEM Cell Foundation to get involved in STEM education. Welcome to the STEM Everyday Podcast. Each episode features educators sharing their practical ideas to put more science, technology, engineering, and math into every classroom every day. For show notes and more information, visit dailystem.com. Here's your host, Chris Woods. Well, educators, I'm so excited on this episode of the STEM Everyday Podcast. We're going to chat with Dr. Paula Grisanti. She's the CEO of the National Stem Cell Foundation. And through their work, they have initiated something called the National STEM Scholar Program. I'm excited that, that we could hear about some of those things and some of the things that it's doing to help teachers get kids excited and staying interested in STEM education. So welcome to the show today, Paula.
1: Thank you very much for having me. Excited to be here.
0: Yeah, I'm so excited. Uh, you can find out more about the National Stem Cell Foundation at nationalstemcellfoundation.org. Of course, those links are in the show notes as well. Normally, we're talking about STEM education, but but you coming from STEM cells and research and, and being uh, someone in the CEO realm. Tell us a little bit of how you got started with all of that and then how that worked into education.
1: Well, it's uh, it's actually a great story. We've been in existence for about 15 years, and we do three things, research, education, and advocacy. For the first 10 years of our existence, all we did was research. And what we do in terms of research is fund in four buckets, neurodegenerative disease, autoimmune disease, rare childhood disorders, and regenerative repair. And for us, that means orthopedics. So for instance, in neurodegenerative disease, we've partnered with the Michael J. Fox Foundation On a project at harvard we partnered with a researcher at scripps at scripps research institute in san diego on also on a parkinson's project and we've partnered with the national ms society to fund projects in myelin regeneration at stanford and the armed services university of the health sciences in bethesda maryland we have funded projects we partnered with the orthopedic research and education foundation on four different projects ucsf chapel hill the university of wisconsin And now a clinical trial for rotator cuff, full range of motion recovery at the Hospital for Special Surgery in New York. But in all of that time, in those 10 years, what I kept hearing over and over again from the the lab directors was, look around my lab, I've got postdocs from everywhere, and they are fabulous. They're from Russia, they're from China, they're from uh, India, they're from Mm -hmm. everywhere except the U.S., because we can't find the US STEM educated grads who can take those jobs yeah. or, re- or replace me when I retire. And I heard that more than once, went back and did some research, and they were absolutely right. Mm-hmm. And as that's gone on now, the the um there are several agencies who are predicting that we will be three million people short of the US STEM educated graduates we need to fill available jobs by 2025.
0: Wow. By 2025, that's that's You're like right 3 million it, short. Yeah.
1: And when I when I first started talking about this, it was a million and then it was 2 million and now it's 3 million. But of the conferred STEM degrees worldwide, about 28% come from, from India, uh, 22% from China, mm-hmm. and only 10% come from the US. Yeah. This isn't a new problem. We've known about it for a long time. That's you know, for so many years nobody knew what STEM was. It happened to be a great acronym for us because we right. were the STEM cell foundation. Now we just had to, had to capitalize everything. Right. Yeah. Um, but now I knew what the problem was. I didn't know how to solve it. So I made a cold call to a to a guy that I'd read about named Steve Spangler. Happened oh, to be in yeah. but yep, was, a lot of
0: a lot of educators know about Steve Spangler yeah. and the great the great stuff that he does to get kids excited about STEM. And I'm guessing that's probably what you found out.
1: I had two boys at Denver University at the time, and they said, are you are you talking about that guy who makes blood on television at Halloween? And I said, yeah, I think that's him. But uh, anyway, I, I made a cold call to him, and he was nice enough to take the call. And I said, I know what the problem is, and here's what I'd like to do. I think I can raise enough money to send 10 high school kids to a STEM camp over the summer, but I don't know anything about education, and I need some help figuring out where I should send them. Mm-hmm. And he said, first, if you're talking about high school, you've waited way too long. He said, if you don't get those kids hooked by their, by the time they're in middle school, they're not going to take those classes in high school. And they're sure not going to major in them at the college level or technical level. Right. And why are you talking about kids? You ought to be talking about their teachers. So now I knew the problem and the solution. And the solution was middle school science teachers, middle yeah. school STEM teachers.
0: And it is so important that we get kids excited at that middle school level because uh, things can happen and and everything else can get more exciting or interesting to them, right?
1: Yes, and the statistics are just startling. At a critical time in decision making that will open or close the door to opportunity, about 50% of eighth graders in the U.S. choose not to pursue STEM fields going into high school.
0: And so trying to find those ways to keep kids interested, to get them excited and to hook them, that's where those resources, those projects, those, those big problems to solve in middle school can be a, a great addition to, to any school.
1: The projects that are being implemented in these schools across the U.S., the programs, the the excitement of the teachers, the opportunities to have access to things that they wouldn't normally have access to are just changing the lives of those classrooms. Mm-hmm.
0: And just thinking, like you just said, Paula, that interest, that excitement that comes from the teacher can be so contagious for those kids. We as educators, the most important part, more than the resources, more than anything else, for us uh, to be able to help those kids is for us to be that great, expired, excited educator.
1: And when I talked to Steve Spangler, he was he was absolutely right. We've got to get those kids hooked by middle school if they're going to take those classes in high school, and what can we do to give teachers the tools they need to do exactly that? But I'm back in the same place. What do I do with this? I've got a problem. I've got an answer. What do I do with this? Right. And about, about 15 minutes after I got off the phone with uh, Steve Spangler, someone made an introduction for me here, and I'm in Louisville, Kentucky, to a, a man who was involved with the Gatton Academy at Western Kentucky University. Mm-hmm. And Gatton Academy is one of only... 15 or 20 residential schools in the United States who have a, a program for gifted and talented students. Mm-hmm. And in this case, in Kentucky, if you are a rising junior anywhere in the state, you can be in a private school, you can be in a Title I school, you can be rural yep. city, anywhere. But as a rising junior, if you are, if you test off the charts on your pre SATs or ACTs, then you can apply to Gatton Academy. And if you're accepted, you spend your last two years of high school at the Gatton Academy on WK on Western Kentucky University's campus, and you're taking your classes with college students and sometimes the graduate students. Wow. So you're taking all of your classes, but you're taking your advanced math and science classes with the university and graduate students. And you can come home on the weekends, you can uh, you know, you can go to prom, you can do anything you want to during the summers with your friends and your class, but when you finish that two years at Gatton Academy, you will both graduate with your high school class, but you will also have a two-year college degree and a full ride at Western Kentucky University if you want to stay the next two years. All of those kids, well, not all of them, but many, many of them get picked up by Stanford and MIT and Harvard and every place else. What an incredible so,
0: opportunity for those kids.
1: And you should you should check. If you're teaching high school, for instance, you should probably... Uh, make yourself aware of whether or not residential schools like that for gifted and talented students exist in your in your state yep. or in, in areas around you, because it is life-changing for those kids. This man that I had just been introduced to was very involved with the Gatton Academy, and it's the Gatton Academy of Mathematics and Science at Western Kentucky University. And he said, have you ever met Julia Roberts? And I said, no, I've never met Julia Roberts. (laughs) And he said, not that Julia Roberts, (laughs) (laughs) who runs the Gatton Academy. And I said, no. And we got in the car and drove the three hours to get to Bowling Green, Kentucky. And she and I sat together for probably half a day. And we talked through all of the things that we could do. And how do we do this? How do we get to middle school science teachers? And how do we create a program for these middle school science teachers that would allow them to go back home and inspire these kids who many, many times know nothing about STEM careers. They think of, you know, they think of STEM as a white lab coat. They have no idea
0: what the the
1: opportunities are. How can we create a program for those teachers to get to those kids? And we hatched the National STEM Scholar Program. Mm -hmm. And we put out a request for applications and we get about 150, 200 applications every year for 10 spots that we have available. And we pick the applicants who are going to participate in the program based on a big idea project they would do in their classrooms if they had the money to do that. Something where
0: they have to think big, something where they have to think outside of what they would normally do, something that would really inspire those kids.
1: Something that would and can be evergreen. So not a one-time class, but something you could incorporate into your classrooms. And right now, there are now 80 STEM scholars in 33 states. Mm -hmm. About 93% teach in public schools, about 48% teach in mid to high poverty schools, Mm -hmm. and 42% teach in schools with a population under 15,000. So when you're talking about these teachers and those kids you're often talking about rural communities or disadvantaged neighborhoods mm-hmm. where the ability to see something like that and participate in uh, you know have a teacher who's participated in this program and all of the resources that we can then provide that teacher for those for those kids yeah. is a game changing event in the life of those kids. Yeah. And these are these are primarily 6th 7th and 8th graders.
0: Yeah. So taking all that information that you had, where you were seeing the research going on each and every day in labs and research facilities across the country, making a difference in stem cell research you saw we need to get more kids excited, more teachers excited to help those kids. And again, org. that's where you can find out about it. You can apply, like you said, uh, applications, and then 10 teachers are selected each year to be able to participate in that. It's a week-long program, right?
1: It is a week-long program, so you are selected to be a STEM scholar. You come here to Kentucky, to the Gatton Academy's campus, and you spend a full week getting advanced STEM education and they're learning how to build telescopes out of their iPhones and microscopes out of their iPads. And you're doing all that stuff with 38 cents worth of stuff from Home Depot, immediate take home value. We put you through a rocketry program We, there's there's all kinds of training that you get. But what you're doing while you're there is fully developing the big idea project you pitched us on to get there. Mm. So now with the input from these other nine scholars and every class of 10 is from all over the United States. The first year we had a teacher from the North pole, but they're, they're from, from Hawaii and Alaska to New York, from Wisconsin to Florida, they're all over the, all over the continental United States, but they come here, they've got a cohort of teachers who deal with a lot of the same problems, but deal with them differently so that they can connect with each other and brainstorm with each other. They bond like they've been to boot camp, but they help each other fully develop those projects. And at the end of that week, number one, they have been networking nationally for a week with colleagues. They stay in touch. So even our, our first class, which was 2016, They still talk to each other across the class. They continue to stay in touch, continue to problem solve with each other. And last year, we hosted a reunion for them so that all the classes vertically could meet each other. Wow. So, you know, that prompted collaborations and and things that you knew would happen if you could pull that off. So, But anyway, so they, they leave that week with a national network of colleagues, advanced STEM training. We give them a Chromebook so that they can stay in touch with each other uh, and continue to collaborate, and we give them up to $2,500 to implement their big idea projects in the classroom. We had a teacher in rural uh, Rochester, Minnesota, who used our money to build out a 3D lab, and in partnership with the Mayo Clinic's limb lab, she was printing prosthetic limbs in her classroom. using that 3d printer. We have a teacher in upstate New York who used the money to partner with the Department of Fish and Wildlife in the state of New York and build a a trout farm. And the classroom, she went back to her principal, said, I need a bigger classroom. I need more space. He said, okay. And one of her classmates in, in Seattle Skyped in with her to help her engineer all the classroom tanks around her room. But she, over the, over the course of a year, and again, these are rural schools, so it's not one classroom that's involved. You know, the whole middle school is in there watching some of this. But different mm-hmm. tanks, different conditions, different vegetation, different other fish, different lighting. And at the end of the year, they figured out what grew the biggest and baddest trout, and then released them into the streams and lakes of upstate New York with the Department of Fish and Wildlife. Wow! They have they've they've created rocketry programs and makerspaces and 3D printing labs and robotics labs. They've done aquaponics farms environmental impact studies, it's, they have done incredible things with that money. And I was a science inclined kid, you wouldn't have had to tip me very far. But if you're sitting on the fence, if you're an eighth grader who's sitting on the fence, or you just don't know anything about STEM, these projects would definitely tip you over. Yeah,
0: yeah. And and that's, that's the thing about this program that you've got, Paula, where these teachers come, they come together, they work on those ideas. And then it's not just, I okay, the ideas were great. No, they go back and they actually implement it. And then it inspires that group of kids that year and the kids after it the next year. Like you said, it's an evergreen project it keeps going. And, and instead of like that initial idea of let's invite 10 kids, now you've inspired hundreds. And, and in fact, the numbers are staggering of how many kids now those teachers have had an incredible impact on.
1: Yeah, this um, the yeah. numbers are just staggering. The impact is staggering. Our 80 teachers in 33 states will have impacted more than 103,000 middle school kids in the U.S. by this time next year. Wow, that's just incredible.
0: Um, and again, all from just just your foundation saying, let's figure out what we can do to, to help some more educators to help some more kids get excited and to move into those stem fields those stem careers and and educators are like like me we're, we're in those classrooms and and we get stuck in that day to day that every day we're we're trying to teach we're trying to trying to get to the end of the week or the end of the marking period and worried about grades or turning stuff in or paperwork and we forget that big picture that these kids are moving towards careers those careers that are out there those careers that can happen when those kids like you said are tipped, and they're excited, that tipping point about that STEM education. What? Why do you think it is so important to inspire that next generation of STEM pioneers?
1: For economic growth, for all kinds of reasons related to having high-income jobs. For these kids coming up who are in middle school now, but will be graduating from high school in four years, Yeah, we have got to have places for them to go. We've got to show them a path forward into STEM jobs. Yeah. And, and and
0: Yeah, that's and something that you talked about earlier Paula that that Great Academy at Western Kentucky University and how that's for gifted kids and what an incredible opportunity for them but but man all those other kids in our classrooms we want to have those great opportunities for them as well and getting them excited about that that STEM learning that uh, those STEM careers that are very possible for them and like you said too they they may think it's only just about somebody in a in a lab coat in a research facility and there's so many more great stem jobs in that and and by getting the kids excited about uh, raising trout or working with whatever project that a teacher has in their classroom that can be an incredible way to open up their eyes all those kids in our classrooms
1: these teachers are also mentored for a full year we also have a speaker series where we invite somebody in that we think a national uh, a national thought leader in education yeah. into the classroom because we think that's important for these teachers to have access to. Our first speaker was Eric Mazur, who was chairman of the Department of Applied Physics at Harvard on sabbatical for the year that he came to spend time. But these speakers come in and they spend uh, half a day to a full day with the with the ten scholars. I mean, just them. Wow. And, and other people will pop in just because these speakers are also incredibly well known, but they are there just for those ten those ten teachers. So Eric Mazur, um who's the father of peer-to-peer instruction. our speaker a couple of years ago was uh, John Medina, who wrote the Brain rule series of books, bestsellers on on time. and his his whole, field of expertise is in brain development at various stages in your life. So there's oh, yeah. a brain development for babies. There's a brain development book for teenagers. There's one for middle schoolers and one for adults, even one for older people. Hey, we're, so, we're
0: still learning too, right? I know.
1: <laughs> so he, and, and he was fascinating, but that's all information that you can take back. And one of our requirements for scholarship is that you share lessons learned during that week. And during that year with other teachers in your classroom, in your school district, and in your state. And I have yet to meet a teacher who isn't excited about teaching and anxious to do the best job they can in their classrooms. We're just giving them more tools to yeah. do that. So we bring in those speakers, but we also, because we do research in space, we we have launched a research uh, experiment in Parkinson's and progressive MS To the International Space Station four times. Wow. And NASA NASA has just given me the funds to do it for a fifth time in January. But because of that relationship, we applied and were accepted to host a a NASA in flight education downlink where astronauts on the ISS talk to your classroom direct. So, They have to be right over you when it happens, and you've got a you know small window of time to talk to them. At that time, we had uh, 40 STEM scholars in 23 states, and all of those kids put together the questions they wanted to ask an astronaut, That's and awesome. then they sent them to us. And the STEM scholar classrooms that happened to be in Kentucky, those kids actually asked the astronauts the question. So they'd say, hi, I'm uh, Rob Smith from Lexington, Kentucky. And this question is from Jeremy Hall in Salt Lake, Utah. Yeah. And then they would ask the astronauts those questions and the astronauts would answer those questions directly. And what the teachers in those other classrooms that I couldn't see told me later is that those kids were jumping up and down on their desks. They were so <laughs> to get their questions asked and answered. And NASA told me later that it was one of the most fun downlinks they'd ever had yeah. because the class was so engaged, the, the kids were so engaged, they asked great questions, and it made it fun for the astronauts. Mm-hmm. But we can we can bring st- speakers in, we can make possible education downlinks from NASA. We can do those kinds of things and we can fund those projects, those big idea projects that yeah. they think will make or break their classrooms in terms of moving those kids into STEM subjects in high school.
0: Yeah, that's awesome, Paula. And, and again, educators, you've been listening to all these great ideas and, and thinking, wow, what an incredible opportunity. Definitely head to nationalstemcellfoundation.org. You can find out about how to apply. Don't worry, all those links are in the show notes as well. And um, just just an incredible work that you're doing there. Dr. Paula Grisanti, thank you for doing that and for uh, providing this great resource for educators. Any, any other last thoughts? Any other uh, you know, final words of advice? I mean, I'm, I'm inspired because I'm, I'm thinking, you know, just how important it is to make sure that I am getting my kids to be thinking about those careers, those opportunities each and every day. And any other last thoughts for the educators out there?
1: The only thing I I will tell you is that we put out a quarterly newsletter for our STEM scholars. And in that in that newsletter, we include links to all of the places that you can go for free educational materials. So it's from different universities, companies, NASA, but um, all of the places who have opportunities for you to, you know, for your own professional development, for big time classroom projects, for opportunities for your kids, challenges and contests, but it's, it is it is a great resource. And we have also just launched the STEM Scholar Library and it's stemscholarlibrary.org, but it is a, a library and we're building it, but it's a library of STEM projects uh, that have been developed by the teachers and then a series of STEM shorts that have been developed by master faculty at, at uh, Western Kentucky University and Gatton Academy that you can access immediately
0: that's awesome that's what educators need they just need those ideas they need that encouragement that that say i can do it i can do something big something great for kids and and again uh, turn the life of that that child to to something amazing that you know 20 years down the road, they might be the head researcher at Harvard, or they might be the one doing that research uh, with the space station, or they might be the ones in space answering the questions of some kids in the future. Uh, really great to chat with you today. Dr. Paula Crisanti from the National Stem Cell Foundation, really appreciate what you're doing and uh, all the best to you as you keep, uh, keep providing this great resource and, and more great resources for educators.
1: Thank you very much. Our goal here is just to turn the light on and get out of the way. Give teachers the tools they need to do what they do best and move those kids forward into paths that will sustain them all their lives.
0: And again, uh, if you want to connect with me, head to dailystem.com. And you can find out more information about the show or subscribe on your favorite podcast app. Leave a review. It helps more educators to find out about uh, great people uh, like Paula and so many people doing great stuff to help us as educators get more excited and bring more great stuff to our kids in our classrooms each and every
1: day.